Hi there. Welcome to The Preventable, the podcast giving you a seat at the table with conversations about the intersection of alcohol, drugs, and mental health in everyday lives. Take a seat and join us. Welcome to The Preventable. Uh, The Preventable, in case you haven't heard me talk about this before, is brought to you by the illustrious Hubbard. Because a uh, a couple years ago, we asked Hubbard, um, hey, could we borrow a mic? And that mic turned into letting us use the podcast studio two times a month. They've helped us with some promotion and they're just really great partners. So uh, the preventable today and most days, if we're being honest, is brought to you by Hubbard. With me today is somebody who I'm really excited is here. And I honestly can't believe he said yes to the invitation. Uh, With me today is Anthony Stalter, co-host of The Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Hi, Nicole. How are you? I'm really good. Thank you. This so this feels so weird to be on the other side of this. I bet it does. You're driving the bus. I and am. It, it's it's uh it's scary not but but uh it, it feels kind of good too. So Right? Like just just let it go and yeah, yeah just just be. Like somebody else is driving now. Exactly. I can, I can play with the radio and do whatever I want That's now in the it. passenger you, seat. You can eat the beef jerky or whatever yeah. you need to do, put your feet out the window. <laughs> it, are you that kind of person or or are you like the like the person who's like super alert like trying you know on in a the road passenger trip. seat yeah 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 or are you snoozing because i'm usually asleep or I'm reading us- a magazine so my wife Kristen's usually the one that's in the passenger seat mm-hmm. and she's the one usually asleep no so i i typically drive all the way through so because I either, are you a control freak no i don't feel like i am but as this is a perfect segment to kind of open <laughs> things up it's like i don't know i don't know am, am i a control i i'm i'm very i internalize everything got it so you're in good company my friend there you go so something is said to me uh, I react the way I just did. I don't know. And then I'll think about this, Nicole, for mm. probably the next 72 hours, gotcha. either in a healthy manner or unhealthy manner. Who's to decide? Well, get back to me. Okay. And by the way, I'm not telling you what's healthy and what's not healthy. That's one of the joys of my job is we sure. just get to talk about it and let people decide for themselves. There you go. I imagine you as kind of a Clark Griswold kind of guy on a road trip I love, where you're like yeah. looking at the sights and you're like trying not to like... Yeah. Turn under a, a four wheeler or whatever. Uh, outside of the fact, you know, he's he was looking at at the. Uh, the um, yeah, who was that? The woman, the one time, Christy Brinkley. Yeah, but not you. Not only me. eyes for your wife. Exactly. Obviously. So let's just state that. But yes, Obviously. no, I'm, I'm yes. usually I'm usually locked in. I like driving. Okay, it's a lot of time to think. Yes, you know? it is. Are you like in charge of the radio usually when you drive? Oh no, no, my wife Chris is usually yeah, <laughs> yeah. smart yeah. man, smart man. She's like, well, she, much- she does it. She does it in a way, Nicole, where it's like, do we really want to listen to this right now? And that's usually my cue. Like, no, we don't want to no, listen to the music that I, I like I, while I'm driving. I I had no desire <laughs> to listen to that, but by all means, you please control the radio. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> As the kids are screaming in the back. Exactly. Yeah, like play Taylor Swift. Yeah. And again <laughs> um so seriously thank you so much for being on and Thanks for having you me. have not only been you know super great by accepting the invitation but i feel like you know prevented and hubbard have a really great relationship and you all many of you i, I know we're not supposed to say on-air personalities but it's hosts or whatever i mean oh, several yeah. of you from across the stations have really signed on about this medication disposal bag project. Mm-hmm. Were you approached by Patty or somebody? Were you voluntold? Did you volunteer? How did that go go down? Yeah, the email there there was an email that came out that's that that said we're we will be interested in you doing, you know, doing this project, doing these reads. And I was re I was reading through this and I've done this 
in my live reads, I've talked about it in my, my live reads, for whatever reason, I thought about my, my basement. And I, I I love to organize things. It's I, I guess I'm a control freak. I don't know. Maybe, I like it. Maybe that a control freak within my own. You're very good company. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I, I, you're very non-judgmental, which I appreciate. <laughs> so I kept thinking about my basement. And in the basement, the previous owner left old paints and old supplies oh, and things yeah, like that. Oh, yeah, for sure. So I was thinking about how many times I would love to take that somewhere to clean out that that section. He left it there for for a good reason. Hey, if you ever need like a touch up, yeah, or exactly. Here's, yeah, yeah. here's the paint that I use. It was all labeled. I'm like, okay, wow. this is great. Yeah, it was nice. But it's not a lot of times where you're doing a lot of touch ups. So this paint's been sitting there now. We've we've been in the home I think since 2013. So that paint's been sitting there for a while. And I've I've always thought I want to do this correctly, where I take it to a place that disposes of it correctly, I don't want to just throw it out. And then I thought about, as I was reading through About Prevent disposing Ed, medications. Yeah, about disposing medications. Yep. Exactly. So that was the connection. I thought, I go, oh, this is interesting. And, I, you know, the more that, the longer I've become, a, I, I'm, I'm a parent. Yep. The more parenthood, for all the right reasons, fo- forces you to think about other people. And how many times in society where we just we just get so focused on ourselves, we we get up, we we have our routine, and if something you know takes us away from that routine, we think about how that impacts us. So the longer I've been a parent, and the more time and energy and focus I have into my kids, it has it has forced me to think about other people too. So when I thought about the paint, I also thought about well, this is a perfect connection. Because I'm sure there's, I don't, remember, I don't remember the last time I went through my medicine cabinet. Right. How do you do so in a, in a proper way? And when I read some of the statistics about op- opioid use and how it's it's rampant in the, in in the country, and of course you watch documentaries, you watch, you know, there's a there's something on Hulu that Dope Sick. Yes. Yeah, wasn't that great? Kristen and I watched Dope Sick, and it was incredible. I thought it was really good. Absolutely incredible. And and uh, who's it? Is it? Um, Michael who's, Keaton. Michael Keaton, who was brilliant in it. Do you know he, he got... He was awesome. He actually... He basically was sort of driving the bus, again, back to that metaphor, sure. on the project because his, um, I want to say nephew, I don't think it was son, I think it was nephew, actually passed away from um, oh, wow. a, an opioid overdose that was directly related to painkillers. So no he kidding. like really wanted to sign on to that project. And, you know, I'm sure, you know, we've all seen a million documentaries. We've all read a bunch of books and there are ones that get it wrong and there are ones that get it right. Mm-hmm. And for the most part, the field, the professionals in the field thought that Dope Sick was pretty good, didn't try to glamorize, wasn't yeah. trying to like cast judgment or make it a moral thing, but really showed the connection between what we now know was happening behind the scenes with the pharmaceuticals and what it was, what how it was being pushed on people sure. and how it really changed the whole medical profession. But, you know, you're talking about not just focusing on yourself, but what greater parallel to parenting Like you are actually put like, you know what happens when you become a parent, like you're making sure that you're eating the right foods and that, you know, if if you have the outlets, you're putting the plastic things on the outlets and you have the baby gates and whatever. I mean, this is just that, too. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's it's making sure that kiddos, that people who might be struggling 
don't have access. Right. That's what it is. It's a baby gate. It's just a different kind of a baby gate. And we have the tools. Right. I, I think about that as, as a parent, too. We can't, and my wife says, she reminds me of this a lot of times, too. Whenever I get, you know, I'll get frustrated. I told, I told you know, we have three kids, three incredible kids, but I say, you know, they're mad. My, my daughter's name is Madeline. We have uh, our middle boy is Killian, and our youngest is Lincoln. And I say, oh, I was, you know, I, I, I've told Killian a thousand times. Right. And she always, she always stops me and she goes, okay, you're giving him the tools. You can't expect him to do something that he's never done before and just mm-hmm. say, well, this is the way it's done. And it's mm-hmm. that, it's that repetition. And I think about that a lot of times in life, too, about not having the tools. I laugh sometimes when people start talking about uh, millennials. Millennials are this way. They're this way. They're this way. this way. And I always think to myself, well, who are their parents? Right. right. They don't wake up feeling, uh, I'm just going to be selfish and only think about myself now. You know, uh, I, I saw a comedian talking about how they don't know how to balance the checkbook. They don't know this. They don't know that. And I think, well, somebody had to, somebody had to not teach them that. So, yeah. so do we have the tools first and foremost? Mm-hmm. And and it's not in a blaming way. It's right. just like, like really, it's not blaming the parents, but it's taking a step back and saying, like, did you, did did you know this? Did right. you know how to do this? Because I'm I'm a person who's like on the cusp between Gen X and Millennial, and mm-hmm. I think technically I'm a Millennial, but I, re- I'm I'm like really like more of a Gen Xer. My parents were working their butts off. Mm-hmm. I was a latchkey kid. Uh, I had a house key around my neck, you know? I mean, I was told, like, don't answer the door. Like, sure. And and my mom didn't really ask how I was feeling. She asked if I needed a cup of juice. Right. Like, and so I think now when I talk to kids, I'm a totally different type of person, mm-hmm. for better or worse, because of what I had or what I didn't have. And I'm not blaming my mom or my dad. I'm just saying, like, this is what I learned. And so now I'm – sometimes I'm like, yeah – it's fine. You can let yourself into the house. It's fine. right. Like you can deal for an hour. But then other times I'm like, do we need to talk about your feelings? Yeah. You know, which is weird because that's not necessarily how I was taught. Mm-hmm. But sometimes we are trying so hard to be what we didn't have or what we think we missed. Certainly. Right. I mean, yeah. that's yeah. It takes a while too. It takes a long time to take a step back and realize one every I. I I'm this lot, way. And a lot of therapy, my friend. Uh, yeah, sure. And therapy, I recommend therapy for everybody. Oh, no kidding. Everybody. No kidding. Because it will unlock things in you that you're like, no, no, that's not that's me. That's not me. Right, exactly. Oh my God, that's me. You know, and, and you, and you un- kind of unravel it. Well, how far does this go back? And a lot of times it is childhood. And to not cast blame on 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 your parents or your guardian your upbringing i mean that takes a lot too but to have the understanding of oh okay uh and it took you know i again i recommend therapy therapy for everybody and a therapist one time uh, i was telling him about uh, myself and he goes oh you're an only child i'm like how did you know that? how did you know that mm-hmm. but it we're all kind of programmed a certain way mm-hmm. and and uh and then my my mind goes, okay. Well, how did you know that? What else do you know? Right, exactly. And he, it, you know, he was he was breaking down first child, second child, third birth child, fourth child. Birth order thing is nuts, it's, isn't it's it? Incredible. And then you start to think, well, yeah, that's so and so, that's so and so, that's so and so. But getting, you know, getting back to your question, Nicole, about okay, well, you know, why? I, I just think that what why. Why can't we help people more? Mm-hmm. I don't have, I don't, I don't know what what you do, but if I pretend that I do, 
well, that's I'm not learning anything. Correct. You can't teach me anything. I'm not open to it. And I think that goes for you and it goes for anybody that's listening. So, you know, the person that says, I know that, I try to, I try to tell my daughter this, uh, Madeline, who's, who's six. She's six going on 36. Oh, of course, yes. And uh, she'll say, yes, exactly. There you go. So yep. she's, she's, I know that, I know that. I'm like, okay, you know that. We, we shut off learning that way too. So, you know, what can we learn? So I said yes because it's completely uncharted territory for me. I don't know about opioid use. I don't know about uh, how that impacts people, but we all go through trauma. We all yeah. go through pain. And if we can't open that, open ourselves up to that, well, then what are we doing? I mean, that's that what that's what connects human beings. Well, and you talk about having the tools, right? Mm-hmm. So whether that's a counselor, if you have the ability to 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 do that, it's the bags, the medication disposal bags. Right. It's also the platform. So a tool that you have is the platform. Sure. And I've talked to Learn before about, you know. How does she decide what to use her platform for? Mm -hmm. And I think that that must be challenging for you, too, to think about, okay, I have all these listeners. I have people who, you know, I'm I'm here to talk about sports, but I'm also a human being. I'm a dad. I'm a husband. I'm a son. You know, I'm an only. So how can I I'm an only. I like that. (laughs) How how can I use my platform Mm -hmm. for good? And make sure that I'm still keeping the ratings up and stuff, right. you know, because you don't want to, I mean, you're not Phil Donahue. Do you know who Phil Donahue is? I do. I just yeah. aged myself. Okay. No, no, no. All I right. Do. But like, you're not that, but at the same time, like you're more than just sports. That's a great question. I, I would have answered this differently probably three or four years ago. Hmm. I've been doing radio now. I've been in the industry for, I don't know, since 20 since 2006 which is a long time for radio it, right? it is it absolutely is yeah because we're as uh as as my dear friend randy Carricker would say we're hired to be fired <laughs> yeah. and he's right we are we're hired to be fired but i would have answered that question a lot differently nicole three or four years ago how i'd answer that now is you have to open yourself up because mm-hmm. you don't know who's listening and somebody could be listening that day that I say something from a human side of things that really hits them in that moment. And we're all putting it on this earth for, for various reasons that we have no idea mm. why. Uh, somebody might be, some, someone might come into my life and, you know, they, they, something they say impacts me in a profound way. They had no idea about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm not entitled to think that, you know, I'm only one thing to, to to somebody to a listener i i don't think that way i don't i You're i don't think that way now exactly right. and anybody that says and we get and we hear it too stick to sports you know i i'm here to talk about the you know i'm here to to, to hear your viewpoints on the cardinals okay that's fine yeah. that's fine cool. cool we'll get to them you know 90 percent of the show is going to be about your cardinals or 90 percent <laughs> right. of the show is going to exactly. be about your blues exactly you can you can listen for you know one minute about you know something else that's going on because it might it might impact somebody else well and here's you gotta the open deal. yourself up right and you said this walking in and this literally was on my notes and i know literally is overused but it it actually was on my notes that you're a human so mm-hmm. obviously you want to use your platform to express your humanness but also the athletes that you are talking about, the coaches, the pl- like 
they are also human. Mm-hmm. Maybe not Stan Kroenke, but everyone else <laughs> is a human, right? So like the Cardinals, as an example, you know, they're they're not like they living their best life. Right. Okay. So they, they stink right now. Yeah. Okay. Some of our uh, students went last night. Um, we had a, a bunch of tickets that were donated to us. They saw a bench clearer, so yeah, that was pretty well, exciting. So, yeah, yeah. They, saw, they saw a little bit of fight. Yeah, but they weren't, I mean, they didn't see a bunch of fireworks yeah. for, for our team. Mm-hmm. But all of those players are human beings. And we know that a lot of people, some of whom are athletes, professional athletes, recreational athletes, are dealing with pain, are just trying to survive yeah and i i'm struck by how many times you hear people say like let's say you have a football player who tests positive for the fifth time for cannabis or whatever right and people are you know commenting and are like what that's just one job Mm -hmm. it's one job is to play sports why can't you just play sports right with no discussion about the fact that maybe he's really stressed out Mm -hmm. because his livelihood and all of these eyeballs are watching him. Maybe he has performance anxiety. Maybe he is actually addicted to that substance. Right. And doesn't know how to quit. Yeah. And I, I get really like, because I will tell you, like, I did not used to have that feeling. Mm-hmm. I am not an athlete. I did not understand athlete. I mean, I've never actually played a sport in my entire life. <laughs> so I like didn't get it. Yeah. But athletes are human beings too. And they, they get paid a lot of money. Yeah. And with the money comes a lot of friggin' pressure. Right. I'll try not to I'll try not to sound judge judgmental in this, but there's there's a lot of people that think the way that you kind of just outlined. He's making eighty seven and a half million dollars. What what's his problem? You know, I, I struggled to pay my light bill. I saw that comment. Yeah. Speaking about a specific Cardinals player that uh-huh. admitted he's he has uh, he's lost his confidence, and of course it's like that that's throwing chum to the sharks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's got eighty seven and, and a half million. He's just trying million. to be a human being, honestly. Right. He's honestly opening that. up is right. what he's doing. Right. Uh, Which is pretty amazing. And of course, again, that's chum to the sharks. So people start. To, well, you know, I, I struggle to pay my. I saw this comment. I struggle to pay my light bill last. That, that's true that's, pressure. That's real struggle. Okay. It is. That's your struggle. I've used the word entitlement a couple of times. Why why do we always feel entitled? My problems are the only problems that matter. And it's like a problem Olympics. Right. My problems worse are bigger than your problem and your problems not as much as mine. It's not it's not money. If if money made you happy, then that athlete wouldn't be talking about his struggles. If love and only love made you know everybody happy, those people wouldn't have pain. We we all struggle with something. And to think about an athlete and only say the the amount of money he's making uh, that that should cover everything. Mm-hmm. No, he's a human being, and human beings are flawed, and human beings make bad decisions, and human beings um, they think about things and they they struggle with uh, being judged or if it's a performance thing. These guys are performing. That's I don't care it. what sport that's it's a right. performance. They, that's right. I, I listen to Rafe, who's on this mm-hmm. podcast. Rafe, Rafe dove into his, you know, mm-hmm. his his background. Yep. Rafe is performing. That's right. Uh, me, Jamie Rivers, our co- you know, uh, other people on our station, we're we're performing every single day, and we have bad segments and we have good segments. 
And don't think for a second that, you know, we don't internalize when we have a bad, bad segment or when I say I use a word improperly and oh, that I, turns into a joke. It is funny. It, it's still impactful, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it you're doesn't thinking of it at 3 a.m. when you turn over to change exactly. positions, you're like, oh, the word. Like, uh, yeah. Nicole and I, I thought about that. You know, I, I've this is this is my second contract. And I've, I thought about that just like I did when I didn't have a contract and I was and I was working toward that I was working toward being in radio you think about that no matter how much money you're making because because you're a human being so can we express any sort of empathy you know can we get can we get to the point where the first the first thing is not we see a headline or we see a quote like the, the from the athlete and we don't go immediately to judgment we go to empathy and I'm not I'm not saying that um that that athlete, you know, doesn't have problems that you don't have. Yeah, 87, 87 and a half million will cover a lot. Of, right, exactly. Yeah, there's yeah, issues yeah. that he'll never have that that you, that that's, that people that that are listening do. But they're still human beings. So can we go first to empathy and not go to judgment? Mm-hmm. And if we can get to that, and more people that do that, I think we're going to have a better society. I would. I mean, I I totally agree. And I I just um, again, I've really evolved in this thinking because I used to be very I don't even narrow in my thinking and was like well I don't play athlete or I don't I don't play athlete <laughs> I don't sport um I you know I don't do sports and I don't have this uh amazing college scholarship like yeah. this person next to me because you know they're playing basketball but I'm you know 4.0 GPA or mm. whatever so like I felt like there was a double standard, but I don't think I recognized that I was the one creating the double standard. Sure. You know, and that, yes, they've given been given a scholarship or yes, they have a, you know, a Nike contract or whatever, but they're also, like, every success and every failure has a microscope. Mm-hmm. Whereas most of the time, my biggest successes and failures, I'm the only one thinking about. Right. I'm the only one thinking at 3 a.m. about that word. And think about how much you're thinking about it. Totally. Right. I can't even, I I can't even imagine. Now it's, it's, it's media. The media is dissecting it. And I do it too. I'm I'm not trying to be a a hypocrite. I I, I mean, we all do. I'm paid, I'm paid to give an opinion, you know? So there's that. You, you asked that question earlier about where do you use your platform? Well, I also have people that are listening and radio is mood service. So if your Cardinals lost last night, I'm ticked off. I'm playing to that mood service too, because I'm serv- I have to service you as well. It, I, you know, and a lot of people say, "Well, you're you're protecting the Cardinals." No, I'm trying to give a different perspective, and I think that's that's what I try to do. And I'm, if I'm honest about it, then I let the chips fall where they may. Mm-hmm. If I'm not honest, I don't believe what I'm saying. And sometimes it's just you know, sometimes you get in a in a, in a habit where it's a bit. You know, we oh, do bits of that happen. Right, you know, right, right, right. But for the most part, if I'm if I'm saying something that I believe, then I, you know how you perceive it is none of my business. So I try to do that as much as possible with with my platform. I will say thank you for that because you know many times when there is a a high profile person um, who suffers an overdose or is mm-hmm. in a you know car accident or has some issues, you know media are oftentimes like putting a mic in our faces saying, "Will you comment on this?" Yeah, and they expect you to make some sort of judgment about that person's you know saying that they have a substance use disorder and mm-hmm. you know saying that they should go into a treatment facility and saying that you know they 
did X, Y, and Z. That, that is not that. And so I just, I will say thank you because what I, I have heard you and the other folks on your station handle folks who are struggling with substances, whether it's a substance use disorder or it's just kind of a sure. whoops. You've handled it, I think, in a way that does not cast judgment and does not come off with a moral high ground. Sure. And that is uncommon, I will say. So just well, thanks. Thanks for the. Yeah. Thank you. You know, I, I was this is the good and bad of social media. I was I was doing that Instagram flip one time. And most of the time, it's like, I'm telling my, my brain is, like, get, get off the phone, get off the yeah, phone. Yeah, right. But I happened to stumble upon somebody who was talking about addiction mm. and their viewpoint on it. I wish I knew the name because I, I I love to, so I, it's a big thing. I got a source, you know, we, yeah, we source. Okay. Uh-huh. So I apologize for not having, having the name. But they were talking about how all addiction is suffering. You're suffering from something. Mm-hmm. So whether it is a uh, alcohol addiction, a drug addiction, a gambling addiction, a food addiction, a sex, sex addiction, addiction whatever, whatever it may be, they're suffering from something, and mm-hmm. you're feeling you're, you're feeling, feeling that something. need absolutely. Yep. Um, but all we talk about, and, and my, I shouldn't say all, because you're doing you, what you guys are doing is trying to you guys are trying to bring awareness to that. Yep. So I don't. I don't and wanna, we're trying to prevent it, and yes. we're trying to intervene so that if absolutely. people notice that they're feeling avoid because they're bored or they're lonely or whatever that right. maybe there's some other ways that they could do it that but might be a little healthier there is something that, yep. that people are suffering from and we tend to just look at the addiction and say ah that's the problem it is a problem it's also the symptom not the cause so when he when whoever Word this was, was talking up. about the suffering aspect of it that goes back to what I was saying about empathy. It's like, okay, this this athlete, this person, they're suffering from something. What are they suffering from? So I try to, when something comes out in, in the sports world, take a step back and say, okay. You know, when people are always asking, if somebody's all on one side, mm-hmm. why, 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 why? Why this? Why this? Why this? I tend to say, yeah, why? You know, uh, why, why did this guy get fired? He's doing a great job. He's this, that, and the other thing. Why, 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 why? Yeah, why did he get fired? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, there's always there's always there's always a backstory to it, and I think that there's also applies. A backstory, yeah, to mental to mental health stuff. Mm-hmm. I think gender. I mean, we we think we're probably running out of time, but I think gender comes into play a lot to too. A million percent. You know, I mean, it it is. We've talked on this podcast with several construction industry folks yeah. and, and talked about this whole like concept of machismo and mm-hmm. how it's very difficult for men, especially like tough men, right. you know, to be emotionally vulnerable. Um, I also know that, you know, once you've been playing a sport for a really long time, that's where you get your dopamine. Yeah. And we've talked about life after sport before. Like what happens when you can't do that anymore? Or I've seen hurt? the positive and negative. Yeah, that. Yeah. Right. Like there's so much. I mean, I was I this time has flown by and I was I was thinking the other day, like, what are we going to talk about? What are we going to talk about? And like there's so much yeah. intersection between mental health, substance use disorders, and and athletics Absolutely. and humanness because, yes, the person is an athlete. They're, as we've said a million times here already, they're mm-hmm. also just a human being. Yeah. They're a mom, they're a dad, they're a brother, they're a sister, they're, you know, they're somebody's kid. Like, yeah. That's, that's what's at the root of it. A lot of these guys happen, you know, so Jamie Rivers, Kerry Davis are two of the athletes that, that we're not talking about guys that made 87 and a half million. Right. You know, we always, oh, they all make, they all make millions. They don't. 
Carrie and Jamie always fought every single year to be on the roster, and they've had they had very good careers. Jamie was a part of a Stanley Cup championship in Detroit. Carrie was uh, a part of the you know Pittsburgh Steelers championship in two thousand and eight, I believe. They both told me on separate occasions, not on air, that it takes them thirty to forty minutes to get out of bed. Yeah. Oh, because of the because of the yes. And I don't mean bu- just yeah. to get out of bed. No. I mean to get going in the, sure. in the... For sure. It is knee, a body... Yes. Oof. Knee issues, shoulder issues. Carrie, Carrie couldn't remember how many surgeries he had. I, and then the concussions yeah. and all of that. I mean, this is a tough... Like, hey, win for my team. Mm-hmm. Then I'm going to forget about you. Okay? Right. So I guess it all comes back to, you know, why why do something like this to help out? To help. Well, I could honestly t- keep talking to you. I am so appreciative for you doing the medication disposal spots. Um, it's just been a real game changer to draw attention to right. the fact that we have these tools available. And and really thank you for using your platform, your mic, to draw attention to these things and to, to really, yes, talk about the sports, mm-hmm. but also talk about the people behind the sports. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Nicole, thanks for having me. And I'd love to come back on too, because that, that did fly by. That was fantastic. Awesome. That was fun. Thank you. Thank you. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please consider rating, reviewing, and subscribing to The Preventable. Thanks again, Anthony. Thanks for joining us at The Preventable, brought to you ad-free by PreventEd. PreventEd works to reduce or prevent the harms of alcohol and other drug use through education, intervention, and advocacy. Please visit their website at prevented.org. Like what you heard? Rate, review, and subscribe to stay up to date with what we are serving on The Preventable.